Good day wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio for Friday, April 17th, 2015. This week is episode 364. My name is Radio Joe Hughes. Here with me in the studio at the controls is our engineer, John. You gotta have faith. Joining me from Studio C in McKee's Rocks will be the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. Good day, Cliff. All right. And uh, we've got a great show this week. We've, we've got four guests. Uh, Mari Astley, the IICRCA, the Council of Associations, we'll call them. He's their executive director. Brian O'Halleck, the council's president or chairman. Uh, Tony Wheelwright, chairman for the IICRC and vice chairman for the Council of Associations. And the new IICRC executive director, David Rosa will be joining us. So looking forward to a great interview with those guys. Before we get started, let's thank our marquee sponsors. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. Clean Facts, the number one information source for cleaning and restoration professionals. Check them out at cleanfactswithanx.com. IAQ.net and Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions available at IAQ.net. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you acquire about their products or services. Okay, you can stream our show direct from our homepage, IAQRadio.com, to download shows. Follow the link that says Go To Show. That will take you to the TalkShoe website where you can download shows. And, of course, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at IAQTraining.com. All right, let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. Thanks, Joe. Win a cool prize by outcompeting fellow IAQ Radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IAQ radio trivia question each week. Submitting your answer is easy. You can either email it to cliffslotnick at cs.com, or if you're listening to the show live, you can text in the answer via your computer. Congratulations. The Don Weeks in-air environmental, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, for answering last week's IAQ radio trivia question. The IQ radio trivia question for Friday, April 7th, I'm sorry, April 17, 2015, has been sponsored by Triska, the Tri-State Restores and Specialty Cleaners Association who have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over 30 years. Remember, Triska is your link to industry training, certification, standards, and events. Their website is trsca.org. Now for today's IEQ Radio Trivia question. Name the person who in 1972 
established the International Institute of Carpet and Upholstery Certification, IICUC, now the Institute of Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification, IICRC. Back to you, Joe. Thank you, Cliff. All right, let's go down the list. Today we've got Maury Astley. Some of you may remember we had Maury and Brian on a show not long ago talking about the Council of Associations. Maury's the president and CEO. He's a certified association executive, and he's got a long history in association management with in the telecommunications and healthcare industries. In August of 2014, he was selected as the new president and CEO of the Council of Associations. Brian O'Halleck is the IICRCA Council of Associations chairman. He's a 30-year veteran of the cleaning and restoration industry, and he served on numerous industry boards and committees. He is the first elected chairman of the Council of Associations. We've also got J. David Rosa on today. David is the new IICRC executive director, and he's the chief executive officer of Metacred, Inc., Metacred is an association management company that specializes in credentialing in the credentialing facet of association work. Mr. Rosa is a certified association executive and also a past member of the board of directors for the Institute for Credentialing Excellence, ICE, which is the parent organization of the NCCA, one of the larger credentialing organizations in the world. Tony Wheelwright is the IICRC chairman and the Council of Associations vice chairman. Prior to his retirement, he ran a multi-truck cleaning and inspection service for over 36 years. He and IICRC past chair Daryl Paulson have been the architects behind the formation of the Council of Associations and many of the other progressive changes we're seeing at the IICRC. All right, we've got a little music for the guys and then we're going to get right into these questions. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we're gonna go through it together. We may not go far, but sure as a star, wherever we are, it's together. All right, uh, let's let's start with David. I know David's got to run a little early today, folks. So, and, and really, you're kind of in the middle of the. Um, in the middle of the firestorm at the moment, David, you you are the new association management group, the new executive director at the IICRC. I don't think any of our listeners have heard from you before. Can you tell us a little bit about you know your background and what made you get interested in the association management business? Well, thank you, Joe. This is David Rosia, the executive director of ISCRC, and I wanted to say hello to all your listeners at IAQ Radio, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak directly to them. So, you know, I got started, like most people in the association management world, on a totally different path. Association management is actually my third career. I started off as a professional child actor and model in New York City for 16 years. And uh, then I went to college and I had decided I wanted to use those skills that I had learned in acting of being able to, you know, present to an audience and persuade an audience for broader social good. 
And of course, that meant becoming a lawyer. So <laughs> I actually <laughs> went to college pre-law, went to law school, and while there got into political campaign management, which was my second career. And I did that for about five years, but was uh, working very long hours, was working about 100-hour work weeks. And my then fiancé, now wife of almost 13 years, and I decided that that wasn't particularly sustainable as a work-life balance. And so I applied for a government relations job at an association management company, and the owner called me and said, well, David, we got your resume. Uh, we'd really like you to join the team, but we actually filled that job already. Would you mind serving as the manager of certification for the National Association of Mortgage Brokers? And I said, wow, that sounds great, except I know nothing about certification and nothing about mortgages. And he said, well, you know, it's a lot like law where you make rules you apply rules and standards to unique circumstances and individuals, and you try to make the world a better place. And that really resonated with me. Um, back in high school, uh, we had to take something called the Ephebic Oath, which has a bunch of content in it, but the line that always meant the most to me was, I shall leave my city no less, but rather greater than I found it. And so, you know, what this, my, my first employer in the association world was saying to me really hit home. I took it on, spent about a decade running certification departments for a couple different associations, and then launched Metacred primarily in order to bring that understanding of credentialing and how to do credentialing the right way to other associations um, and thereby help make the world a better place. That's interesting. I didn't realize you had that background, and that seems to be a good, it's a real good um, you know, background for doing what you're doing today. When you um, were looking at, you know, IICRC put out a, a request for proposals, and they're a big organization when it comes to association management. We've been told that um, after you get to about, I guess, two, three million dollars a year, you should consider running your own group. And that that's, you know, kind of the upper end of people that get management companies running them and maybe maybe a little more than that. But I'm wondering if if Metacred and you as the, you know, the, the CEO of Metacred had any second thoughts about, you know, responding to the request for proposals to manage what some people consider to be the industry's 800 pound gorilla, the IICRC. <laughs> it's a great question. Thank you. So I would say that we did have some second thoughts, uh, not really about the size and the scope, uh, especially the, the global aspect of the IICRC's operations and strategic vision, I think is a really good fit for us. Um, the concern that I had actually was the, the Las Vegas office, which is a second office for us, uh, and just being able to expand geographically and start having multiple offices, right? Because at that point, we were just one office. 
Um, but on the other hand, we decided that having the additional Pacific time zone coverage for customer service would be advantageous and that it was a good opportunity for us to grow in that way uh, at the same time as we were helping IICRC grow. And while I agree, many associations, when they get to be of a certain size, uh, have the infrastructure capability to have dedicated staff in each distinct program area who really know their stuff, there's still a challenge. And when it comes to a credentialing and standard setting organization like IICRC, I think that there's still a good value in being able to partner with a company like Medicred where we've got a lot of staff expertise in credentialing and all the different areas that go with credentialing, right? Like marketing a credentialing program that are different than what most associations are marketing, right? Yep. And we we aren't doing membership, right? That's IICRCA and, and things like that. So I do think that it's still a good point for IICRC to be at in terms of partnering with a management company with that deep expertise and credentialing. Yeah, I think, you know, I was, I was, I'm on the board and when it first was brought up, I thought, you know, we should just run it ourselves. I mean, we can do it. But then when you realize we were also with the same management company for, I don't know, 25 years, maybe. Tony, how long were we with um, KCI? Uh, well, at least 25 years. I think it was the 90s um, when Kenway Mead took over. It might even be, actually, Brian would probably know better than I. It um, uh, might have been the late 80s, but yeah. a, a very long time. So it was. It's been interesting, and and I think helpful for a lot of us board members to get a different perspective. And it, it's only been a little while, I know, and it's you know we've had some hiccups um, as we go through the transition. But it has been really interesting to talk to some of your staff and yourself about the credentialing process. And and I think it's um, I think it was a wise choice to to not jump right into managing it ourselves and to going ahead and getting a company like yours in. Well, let's, Cliff, I, I always do this to you. I want to make sure I get you a chance to jump in here and ask a question. Well, I, I think I, my question for Tony is uh, how is the, the shift over to Medicred going, Tony? Well, it, it, the transition has been rough, um, and I suppose that shouldn't be a, a surprise. It's the first. It's, it's difficult to prepare for every eventuality, especially the first of this magnitude in, in basically 40 years. Um, 25, 30 years ago, <clears throat> we were tiny. Um, we had registrants you know, in the hundreds. Now they're in the tens of thousands. Um, now we're in uh, four countries, five countries. So it's a much more complicated entity and um, <clears throat> I, I was re I'm retired now but for many years I was a registrant so I can relate to the frustrations that many of our registrants have experienced of late uh, I can only apologize for some of these hiccups and assure you that the worst is now over and soon I think you'll start to see uh, not only a return to business as usual but some real improvements that will gradually appear 
as we begin to take advantage of uh, numerous 21st century technologies and the background and experience of the Medicred team. Um, because what they're going to bring to us is something that we've never had available to us. And I'll, I'll get into to some other areas along those same lines later on. Um, but to, to illustrate what happened with the, with the transition, I'm reminded of when I first got a computer. I don't know if it was, a, I think it was in the 90s. It took me a day to, to create a letter <laughs> on my computer. Uh, it was so frustrating. It was so new. Um, and then when I got my first tablet a couple of years ago, I had to relearn everything. Nothing worked. Uh, and so as we've switched uh, since the changeover from older software and hardware to newer models, we found that many things that need to synchronize and work together simply didn't. And uh, everything had to be synchronized in order for anything to work. It's just the way computers are. They're, they're, they're dumb. But you give them the right instructions, uh, then it does all come together. So it, it was frustrating. Um, I believe we've got um, most, if not all, of those, those problems turned around. And hopefully in the next month or two, Metacred can start to introduce some of the things that we're looking forward to, to getting from them. Um, but right now, we just want to get things back to business as usual. Yeah, Tony, it would seem in the scheme of things, you know, I understand that, you know, one of the issues were delays in terms of students getting back test results and, and, and so on and so forth. It would just seem, though, that in the scheme of things, it just wasn't that big of a deal. You know, I think that the student that is, you know, they're sitting on pins and needles that I passed the exam or whatever, but I think, you know, when they look back on it in retrospect, I, I don't know, to me, that it, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. No, it's it's not, except if you're a, a franchisee <clears throat> that can't start work until you've passed your required uh, courses uh, and can start working for the franchise that you paid a lot of money to, to be a part of. And so for those people, it must have been the, the most uh, frustrating. But as you're right, for the individual registrant of course they if it's their first course or second they're anxious and they want to get the results and um and i as i say i can only apologize for that but in the in the grand scheme of things a year or 10 years from now it's not going to be a big deal i agree and i you know and i know some of the instructors were a little concerned as well and that you're going to have that with any change you're, you're going to have um some apprehensions, some some concerns, and then if things don't go exactly as planned, that gets um, accelerated and it turns into an issue. And I think, David, you've been really upfront with the with the instructors, with the registrants. You've been posting on the bulletin board on a regular basis. You're here with us now, um, and I'm wondering if there's anything you'd like to say to the registrants in general and and to the instructors about how things have gone so far. Um, and also, I'm really curious about what your thoughts are, in essence, like, what, what are your first impressions about the registrants, instructors, the leadership of the IICRC? 
uh, as you come in from a you know a little different perspective, not really familiar with our group in the past? Excellent. Yeah, and great questions. So to start with, I would like to say to all of the, the registrants, to the instructors, to the certified firms, the franchisors and franchisees, and, and really all of the stakeholders of ISCRC, first of all, our apologies for the delays that we've been encountering. And secondly, uh, perhaps more important, thank you for hanging in there with us and helping us identify where problems were and working with us to get them fixed. Uh, we had, as Tony alluded to, kind of a perfect storm of technologies that we inherited not integrating well together. Uh, we had a truck accident and some of the physical supplies and certificate stock and things like that that um, had a, a slight delaying factor as well. And as uh, Cliff mentioned, you know, in the grand scheme of things, these are drops in the bucket. But to the individuals who had a, a delay of, you know, four weeks before they got exam results and, and things like that, we totally get that it's frustrating. It's been frustrating for us, too. Um, the great news, as Tony said, is we're actually done getting over all of those technological transfer hurdles and everything is now working it's not working perfectly we're still having to do some manual workarounds and things that should be automated but everything is functional now and so we're grading exams we're getting results out we're able to pick up the phone because the call volumes have shrunk back down to normal levels um, you know, we're, we're able to schedule courses on the website and, and all of these things that we had thought we were going to be able to do on day one after the transition. Uh, and it took us a few weeks to, to be able to actually get up and running fully. David, so, something tells me that Metacred was doing a little bit better than the IRS. <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> there is that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just want to thank everybody for, you know, staying positive and constructive and helping us work through those challenges. The, the question about our, our first impression is, number one, um, you know, the, the registrants, the instructors are so professional and so passionate about what they do that it is really rewarding for us who are working as your staff to be able to support you and, and help you accomplish what you're trying to accomplish at, you know, within your businesses. So it's been good. You know, the, these are people who know their stuff. They know how to do what they're doing. They're interested in making those processes better, interested in improving the standards over time, interested in finding ways that we can help improve the credentials that the Institute offers. And there are some great opportunities, I think, on the horizon in terms of partnering with related organizations. And it's just been uh, pretty exciting seeing how dedicated everybody is. And, um, you know, obviously there are different opinions and not everybody shares the same vision. But I think everybody, to a T, is really dedicated to the success of the industry and to the institute and wants things to continue to improve. So we're happy to be helping. That's well, good to have you on board, Dave. Now let's let's move over to Mari and Brian for a moment. And I appreciate you guys hanging in there with us for a minute. Um, David's got to leave a little early today. 
and I'll get that pronunciation, Rosia, Rosia right. Uh, is that closer, a little better, David? <laughs> yeah, just remember, uh, ZSA is like Zsa Zsa Gabor, and uh, you'll never forget it again, Rosia. I appreciate that. I uh, I should have asked before the show, but we we scrambled to get everybody together here last minute. But it worked out great. Let's let's go over to um, Mari uh, and or Brian, whoever wants to jump on this. You guys have a big uh, event coming up, and you're calling it the event. What is the event? Whose event is the event? Tell us a little more about it. Well, uh, we're calling it the IICRCA event, and the first one, uh, our tagline is Make Money, Save Money, and it's the Council of Associations event, but we're inviting our members to participate in a central spotlight area where they can greet their members and and hopefully bring in more prospective members, and uh, what we're trying to do is help them grow their membership as, as part of our mission. Okay, Maury. Thanks, and Brian. This is something that this is something that we're we're an association of associations. So our members are actually the member associations. So what we're trying to do is is help them grow their membership and get their message out, um, and and help our just that cross pollination between the groups. Uh, I think is is healthy, and we can find more ways to work together. And this first show is is we're sort of sticking our toe in the water, um, and uh, and we'll proceed as we go through more and more events uh, to uh, to refine what we're doing. So we're sort of, we're finding our way. Now, Brian, this is co-located with the Restoration Industry Association, RIA's annual conference. Can you kind of tell people how that will work, either Mari or Brian? I mean, will, will you be able to see the vendors for both groups for one price? Will you have to pay for both um will you get into any of the presentations at ria or do you have to do that separately well the ra conference uh someone would have to register for the ra conference to get into those uh presentations that makes sense okay but anybody who who goes to the ra presentations can get into both shows uh, anyone who registers for $99 to get into the IICRCA show gets into both shows. Uh, all of the education that the IICRC is putting on during the trade show hours is available to everyone. So um, and, and basically that uh, $99 basically just pays for lunches. So um, people get lunches both days. Uh, I think they're going to be a a pretty good lunch. Um, we're also offering certified firm members fifty dollars back to spend with the uh, IACRCA event, uh, vendors exhibitors. So it's a it's the make money save money theme. We're trying to make sure that we're saving people money by putting a pretty good lineup of of uh, education together. A good group of supporters there, and just maximizing how much you get for your money. Um, got a great hotel room rate, and uh, all in all, not much of investment for a really good return. So we're trying to live up to that theme. Well, also we we want to distinguish too, so people understand that the, there's a full educational component by RIA, which is a separate price. 
when you come into our show, you get to go to both shows, but our presentation education sessions are going to be in the trade show floor. They're going to be short, half-hour, one-hour presentations, but they'll be in the trade show floor area, so it's not going to be out there uh, doing the, you know, competing with RIA's major education thing, which is a separate price. And for $99, you, you can't expect too much, I guess. No, but, <laughs> but we've got a pretty good uh, list of presenters there, and uh, you'll still be able to mix through and see uh, demos from the exhibitors. You'll be able to see some vehicles and, and attend, uh, like I said, both shows for one price, which is a big part of why we're saying make money, save money. So uh, the coupons uh, that we're doing, the certified firms, uh, can have up to four of those $50 coupons. Uh, so it's like getting half back of your registration fee with a very expanded trade show event. Well, and actually, there's we've got a dozen or so presentations, so uh, people can expect uh, quite a bit for their money. And one of the, the more fun things that has been added recently is there's been a lot of uh, debate in the industry about changes to the S-500 program, and uh, we've just added a, a panel discussion uh, that, that should be pretty lively, and uh, there are a couple of guys that RA members would remember from a, uh, a debate uh, a few years ago, Jeremy Reitz and Darren Udima, uh, they're going to square off on opposite sides of this uh, debate with uh, some other people. Uh, some of the S-500 people will be there to answer questions. And the coolest thing of all, I think, is that it's going to be moderated by uh, a couple of guys named Cliff and Joe. <laughs> Cliff? And that should, that should be pretty fun. Looks yeah. good. Joe and I don't agree on anything either. So. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to that, actually. It's an early morning event, but, uh, you know, it should be. We'll get everybody bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to go. And um, it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion, you know, the, the, the passions on either side of changes to the S-500. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Cliff, we've got to stop and say thanks to our sponsors. Do you want to get one more question in first or just go ahead and th say thank you? One more comment then because uh, one of the things that Joe and I want to do is, you know, we have a pretty wide uh, and broad audience and it's both uh, national and international in scope. And anyone that has any questions uh, that you would like posed, you know, just email them or uh, call Joe or I, and you know, we're, we're looking through our audience to come up with some of the questions for these guys. Great point. Thanks. Thanks for rem remembering that, Cliff. All right, listen, we're going to come back. We've got a great lineup here. We've got Maury Astley. We've got David Rosia. We've got uh, Tony Wheelwright, Brian O'Halleck. We're going to come back for the second half in 90 seconds. We've got to stop and thank our sponsors. The Indoor Air Quality Association, a nonprofit, multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at iaqa.org. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions. We use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at wolfsense.com. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. 
Check them out at legends-enviro.com. And, of course, our marquee sponsors, John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. Clean Facts, the number one information source for cleaning and restoration professionals. Check them out at cleanfactswithanx.com. IAQ.net and Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions available at IAQ.net. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you acquire about their products or services. All right, we're back for the second half of our group discussion with the leadership of the Council of Associations and the Institute, the IICRC. Let's start um, the second half. I want to throw out a group question here. There are a lot of people who hold IICRC certifications, and they may be a little confused, and, and sometimes I've heard them say their IICRC is their association. How are we getting the message out to the certified firms and the certificates that you know the IICRCA has formed this council of associations because there was a need for association representation, but the the institute is really a certification and standard setting body. And then, how are we getting the word out about the event and it's their event and why they should attend? Well, this is more. Let me take that on first. Um, uh, we've been using the normal, you know, direct mail and email kind of thing, but uh, early this year I hired uh, Izzy Rosari as our social media marketing person, and he's really been lighting up that and uh, training me and, and our, our uh, member services person, Dean Alex, uh, Tina Alexander, uh, to do tweeting and Facebook, and we've really revamped our website. If you haven't looked at our website lately, uh, it's much more dynamic. We've got more news out there on a regular basis. Uh, we've got the event is uh, got a link. If you're just go to the event, the IICRC event on our web page, and click on attendees. You'll see where to register, where to get a hotel room, and you'll see our education all on that one page. So it's pretty easy to get there. And uh, we've really uh, ramped things up uh, in just in the last two months as far as uh, getting information out about the event, uh, scholarships that we're providing to certified firms, and uh, everything that's happening with the IICRCA, and, and distinguishing what we do as opposed to the institute. Let folks know and Joe, our... to support that, uh, the institute has also started a marketing campaign to help, as Maury indicated, differentiate the different mission and scope of what each organization does to clarify that, you know, we certify the technicians and we accredit the firms through the certified firms program. We have the standards, we authorize instructors and schools, and that the Council of Associations is their trade association, right, and, and has membership and has trade shows and all that sort of thing. So, you know, we've been both clarifying the distinction in role as well as directly informing the institute stakeholders of the existence of the ICRCA event and the fact that, you know, this is their opportunity to get together, network, learn, and, um, you know, including links to the registration 
for that event as well. So we also have, um, you know, been promoting the, the use of the ISCRC, a room block for our people who are going to be there. And uh, I think it's going to be a really great show. I think it's going to be a good experience for anybody who can get out to it. Um, I, I do want to uh, add a little bit to this. We're, we we need the, certifi- the certified firm members to know that as a member of the certified firm, there are benefits uh, being part of the program. Uh, but they need to be association members. And they're not necessarily IICRCA members. And, and that's a differenti- differentiation that we, we definitely want to make, is that our organization is an umbrella organization for industry trade associations. So when someone calls us and says, hey, I want to join, we want to refer them to the appropriate member organization that uh, would suit their needs or uh, be in their local area. So our job is to support our member associations, individuals that come in. We're going to refer them to those member organizations. And Exactly. I can't tell you how many times we get a call or an email from a registrant who took one of our certificate courses and says, hey, I've been renewing my membership through ISCRC for the last, you know, 10 years. And, you know, we, we've got to distinguish what we are. And I think, you know, that's consistent message development and communication. And um, we'll get the message out there. I think also, too, that um, since uh, I came on last year, we've added quite a few benefits, um, products and services and uh, scholarships for certified firms, and we've done products and services insurance programs for membership organizations. So by you know constantly going out and say, okay, we're the Council of Associations, we're providing products, services, benefits, uh, we're also letting them know they're, that they're getting these from a new organization, another organization, and it's not part of their certification through the institute. It's part of the uh, membership organization. And as uh, both of them just said, we, we only have, I think, two or three paid individual firms because they have to join their home organization before they can join us anyway, and that's where they really should be. So we, we push them that way. So, for instance, one of our sponsors, and Cliff and I are both active with Triska, the Tri-State Restore, Restorers and Specialty Cleaners, and, and we're a member of the Council of Associations. So the, our job is to take their input and make sure that it's heard at the, at the level of the Council of Associations. Does, yeah, you have representation, obviously, and uh, we're going to be putting out a a call for volunteers for various committees, and obviously all of our member associations can contribute uh, on the committees and 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 bring that voice. We absolutely believe in the the tenets of a a good association. A good association is designed to serve its members. We're designed to serve our members. Our members are those member associations. So whatever we can do to support the individual missions of our our member associations is our job. And also our uh, franchise members. We have uh, half a dozen franchisors who are also members, and we're doing the same kinds of things for them, providing uh, products and services and inviting them in 
uh, to the the event. Well, that's a good point, Mari. And the other thing that I, I I don't know that we really mentioned it, the event itself is co-located with uh, another association, the RIA, and that's another way I think you are now and I think planning in the future to help some of the member associations is by co-locating events. Is that accurate to say? Yeah, we're talking to a couple people about maybe uh, coming out and doing something smaller with one of our members, which would help them grow a little, bring in more suppliers, bring in more attendees, and help them attract more members. Um, We haven't uh, got those lined out yet because we're pretty hardly working, I mean, we're hardly, not hardly, we're working hard on our first event, and of course, we're, we have another event in October uh, with ISSA, so the same kind of thing, where we're bringing a broader industry group into a particular, and once we get past that, we want to talk about what we're doing uh, in the next uh, year or so, but uh, we, that's an idea we're kicking around and we think is a, a way to help our members again. Okay. Tony, I, I want to make sure if there was anything you wanted to add along those lines, i get you the chance. No, I think uh, the the other guests have, have covered it uh, very nicely. Um, it, you know, this is a work in pros- process. Uh, the the association, the council association, is, is in its infancy. Uh, the potential is enormous. We have probably... 60,000 people in the cleaning and restoration business, but there's probably 400,000 when you include all of the related industries, and we're seeing this um, relationship building uh, across the entire industry. We're, We're not alone in working with other groups in a number of different ways. Uh, This is just one. Um, IAQA um, co-locates uh, with another group. Now they're going to co-locate with ASHRAE, which is enormous. Um, so this isn't new. I think it's very good. It's, it's very positive, and it strengthens the industry as a whole. Cliff, let me throw it over to you in case you had anything you wanted to ask along those lines or anything new. Well, actually, I had something new, and uh, I kind of liked what I heard, actually. David... Uh, introduced uh, the term, I think, certificate holder, or, or I'm not sure exactly how he said it, but it, it resonated with me because I really think the industry has a long way to go in terms of credentialing, and you know, I, I don't think we're there yet, and I, I, I think that the word certified oftentimes may be too powerful of a term for uh, you know, a course that someone takes in one day or, or two days or, you know, even maybe a week. But uh, I was just kind of glad to hear that because it seems to me that uh, that's a good thing. And David, do you recall what term you used? Yeah, so, you know, from our experience, and Joe, you mentioned that I used to sit on the the board of the Institute for Credentialing Excellence, and they actually have a document that provides the kind of consensus definitions of terms commonly used in the credentialing community. Um, And from that perspective, 
IICRC has about 29 certificate courses, right? You take a class, you take an exam um, that is related to the transfer of information from instructor to student in that course, and it's a discrete course of study. And then when you pass, you get a certificate. Um, IICRC has what we would, in the credentialing community at large, also call a certi certification program in the MRS, the Mold Remediation Specialist, right? And that has a scope of its exam that is intended to cover all of the competencies needed to practice in that occupational role. And it's got an accreditation program, the Certified Firms Program, and accreditation is just like certification, except it's for an organization rather than an individual professional. And then it authorizes instructors in schools. So it's got these different um, lines of business, right, or products that it offers. And to your point, Cliff, you know, I, I think that the the terminology is kind of important in terms of what our stakeholders are communicating to their stakeholders, right? What the customer sees. And uh, I think those are conversations that we need to be having at a strategic level to see where we want the Institute to go and what opportunities we provide to the technicians to have a career pathway of progression, you know, and maybe they start off with one of the certificate courses and then after they have acquired the knowledge in several different functional areas, then they get a certification, right? And so I think there are a lot of opportunities for the Institute to continue to take the lead in establishing the standards of practice through the, the credentialing of the individual technicians as well as their efforts in standards themselves. Yeah, Cliff, I think what I'd like to do, I have one more question I want to bring up, and then I think we ought to go to the roundup early so David can at least participate in part of that. And I want to bring in uh, the Restoration Industries Global Watchdog at that point. But before we do, I want to ask a question that I'm sure is on his mind, and that this is for Tony. Um, your counterpart at the RIA, he was on the show March 27th and said that they were interested in having their shareholder status reinstated with the IICRC. Can you tell listeners what the status is with that request, if, if they've gone ahead and um, submitted the application and where we're at? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm happy to report that the RIA has applied to once again become stockholders, um, as many will know that uh, um, they were shareholders a long time ago, and they're they're uh, applying to regain their uh, status as stockholders in the company. Um, it is uh, under our bylaws; it is an arduous process, but it is underway. And sometime this year, the shareholders will be voting on their application according to the, the procedure that's been laid out. And are there other people as well interested? Yes, uh, there's another association, um, OXI, the Association of Residential Cleaning Services International, has also applied uh, within days of the RIA application. And there are some other groups that uh, are certainly considering this and looking at it that we've talked with um, and you know some of them are uh, are um, uh, MOU partners. The MOU is a memorandum of understanding, 
And, you know, we're trying to coordinate and cooperate with them on standards, on uh, educational programs, and all the various areas where our interests and our members overlap. And, well, let's, let's do this, Cliff. Let's go to the roundup, and that way we can bring Pete in, see if he has a question for the group, and then we'll go around one more time and uh, ask one final question. All right. Pete, do we have you? Yeah. Hey, hey Joe Cliff, how you guys doing? Good, good, good Pete. Pete. The Global Industry Restoration Industry Watchdog. What do you, you got any questions or follow-up from what we've discussed so far, Pete? Well, not much. I just uh, appreciate the the guys all calling in for the interview today. And uh, and I'll, I'll remember what David said uh, with the Zsa Zsa Gabor reference. This will be real easy now that I remember how to properly <laughs> pronounce his name. I, um, no, it was just interesting to, uh, you know, to hear the guys talk about, you know, what's going on in the uh, differentiation between the Institute's activities and, of course, the Council of Associations. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to uh, the convention in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I guess one way to characterize it is everybody, anybody who's anybody in the cleaning and restoration industry will be at the Rio. And uh, it seems to be really exciting times for the industry, um, you know, working on collaborating together really for the greater good. So, uh, like Tony said, uh, shareholder status is, is in progress. You know, REA, uh, you know, submitted the application to, to get reinstated, and uh, they're going. They're working their way through all of that now. I uh, I look forward to uh, you know a lot of the networking that will be going on at the convention between the various uh, groups, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the the, the the primary benefit is to uh, you know bring the industry together and really to better serve all the people that attend the conferences, the attendees, exhibitors, you know, and all the other stakeholders in the industry. So uh, it's all it's all good, and um, let's just kind of keep the momentum moving forward. Um, so good luck to David and a lot of the stuff that he's doing. I got an opportunity to, uh, to meet him about a month or so ago. He happened to be in South Florida, not too far from where I live, on a credentialing conference, and I drove over to get together with him one evening, and we met and chatted, and uh, I think... Um, you know the expertise that he's going to uh, to bring to the institute and the industry and the credentialing process is uh, something that I think uh, you know is is uh, needed and uh, you know we'll all see how that how that evolves and turns out as the you know the industry kind of moves to the next phase of its growth and maturity. Well, so, no, um, David's got to leave in about four minutes here, so David, I'm going to throw this question out to everyone, and I'll I'll have you let you have first stab at it, and I know. You know, you're just kind of fresh into this. It's, it's um, you know, you're, you're getting your feet wet. But where do you see us in two years from now? Just, you know, any any thoughts on where you'd like to see things with the, at least with the Institute, the uh, Institute of Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification? Thanks, Joe. So I think in two years, I'd like to see us, Number one, having uh, at least one of our certification programs accredited by a third party 
whether that's the ANSI ISO IEC 17024 accreditation program or NCCA, I think getting that third-party recognition of the quality of our credentialing program will be a good step forward. I think we'd like to start to look at um, expanding accessibility to some of the certificate courses that we offer in terms of, you know, how people access the education component of it as well as the testing component of it and whether that's distance education or you know synchronous or asynchronous or whether that is uh, proctored computer-based or internet-based testing i think there are lots of ways that we can help take what we are doing now and make it accessible to a broader audience so that includes not just in the U.S., but on a global scale as well, which will, of course, involve us having new relationships and new partnerships that we build. So uh, the, the third piece of the vision, I think, is that relationship piece. And whether it's uh, you know through IICRCA or RIA or different global uh, geographic regions, I think there are lots of opportunities for IICRC's component of the industry to work together with others to advance common goals. So that's my vision for us in, you know, two years. It may be a little aggressive, but let's uh, see what we can hit in that time and keep our eye on the prize and we'll move closer to it. Well, we, we really appreciate you joining us. I know you've got to run, but uh, thanks again for joining us. I look forward to actually getting to meet in person finally in May. That's May 6th through 8th is the event dates. Is that correct, Mari? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So we'll see you there. And it's interesting that, you know, Pete, Pete mentioned you're going to have the Council of Associations there leadership will all be there, their board of directors, the people who are doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the committees. You'll have the institute, the IICRC people will be there, but also the RIA leadership, et cetera. So hopefully we'll be able to keep the momentum going, like Pete said. So, uh, David, thanks again for joining us. I'm going to shoot it over to Brian. Thanks, uh, everyone. Have a great day. You too. Brian, what are your thoughts on two years from now? Where do you see us? Well, I, I, I hope, uh, like J. David said, we want to stay on task, uh, keep working with with uh, helping integrate the various parts of our industry. I think we've gone through uh, a fairly long history of separatism, um, and as we've tried to come together, now we're seeing uh, a lot of divisiveness. And there, there are people that make money in the industry on being divisive. And uh, I think that goes throughout our society. Uh, but if they can carve out a piece for themselves, um, they want to defend that little piece of turf. And, uh, and it would be nice if we can get past the small-mindedness and, and, and honestly work together. And I think that's where we're going to be. Uh, we'd like to just look ahead and do what we do and, and, and ignore negativity but there are things that we have to answer for. So every time there's a social media storm that's created by somebody who wants to do us harm, we have to address it. And it, and it takes time and energy away from the more positive things we could be doing. So I hope that in two years' time, we'll have a good enough track record that when 
someone hears a rumor, they'll go, yeah, I don't think so. Hmm. I've seen what these guys are doing. They're they're good folks. And they're, so. they've been out in the open about it. I mean, you guys are all on here today. You're not hiding in your bat cave somewhere, you know, making uh, making plans for how you're going to take over the world. We're, we're being, you're being very open about it and talking about unifying the industry. I love it. Let's turn it over to Maury for a moment. I want to finish up with Tony. Um, Maury, how many members, association members, are there now in the Council of Associations, and, and where do you see it in two, three years? Well, right now uh, we've got about seven or eight paid. We still have three or four that paid last year that I don't think uh, are seeing that the benefits uh, fit them. Uh, that's kind of my hope in the next two years. Uh, we do. We really kind of serve two areas. We're trying to to provide services and benefits to certified firms because that was one of the missions that the institute set up for us. But the other thing we're trying to do is provide services and benefits to our member organizations, the associations and the franchises. So I think once they have a better understanding of the two different organizations and why they should be part of us, that they'll be more actively involved in what we have to offer. And when that happens, I think we'll see more associations coming in as uh, realizing that we're not a threat or a competition, that we're a, uh, a group that wants to bring a greater area of networking and uh, a, a way that they can make their own organization grow. So I think if we can get that understanding out there that both uh, the council associations and the member organizations will grow. All right. Thank you, Maury, and thanks for joining us today. And, Brian, if I don't get to say it again, thank you. I, I appreciate you jumping in with us. I know you had another meeting going on this morning. You jumped in with us, and so did Maury. Let's turn that same question to Tony. Tony, you're kind of, you know, I put in the show announcement that you had, um, you and Daryl, Daryl Paulson, had kind of got the ball rolling with this whole Council of Associations, and I'm sure there's others that you'll mention. But um, where do you see this all in, in two years? Has it come along the way you had envisioned, and um, where do you see it as we go down the road? Uh <clears throat> There's a lot of things uh, that have been put in place and largely accomplished, um, and they're they're all sort of uh, inter interwoven, uh, overlapping. For example, as Maury said, between associations and franchises, we have uh, 20 groups that join the council of associations, uh, and some of them are the same groups that became. Uh, MOU partners of the RRCOC, um, and I, I hope that that will continue to grow. I, I expect it to do so. Um, the Institute has really only two missions, to create standards and to create educational programs, and we never had any professors or professional educators on the board. We now have two professors on the board, and we have four in our education committee. Um, the, the association is, is a baby, but it's growing. We bought a building. That was another strategic item that's been accomplished. It's not quite ready for all the things that can be done there to benefit both the institute as a headquarters building, but also the association 
we'd like to set up a museum, a testing laboratory, and a place for educational conferences and uh, maybe some hands-on stuff. Um, Computer-based training was another goal. We started, we've got a long way to go there. We now have a technical journal that's nearly a year old. I think John Downey's doing an excellent job. It's a huge benefit. Um, and um, one of the goals that we're, we're, we still have to work on is funding science and research to support our standards. And the more credible and science-based our standards, the more credible our courses will become because they're based on those standards. So there's a, and, and of course, we can't do this by ourselves. We do it much better by working with our, our registrants who happen to belong to numerous different organizations. And we should never forget that the several hundred members of RIA are our registrants. They are certified firms. They are us. We are them. And so this idea of dividing um, and fragmenting, um, it just makes no sense uh, because we are all in the same basic business of providing uh, healthy homes, schools, and workplaces for society. That's what we do. And uh, if we are all working together in two years, we're going to be a lot bigger, a lot stronger, and, and more unified. United, I hope. Well, thank you, Tony. Pete, I didn't give you a chance. Any final questions or comments? Yeah, I actually I actually have a comment on something that Tony said, and maybe it was just an oversight of what he said, it, but uh, to try to accurately recall, you basically said that the Institute has two primary missions. One is to develop standards, and then he said the second one was to develop educational programs, and I, I'm a little confused by that statement because I always understood that the second mission was to develop certification criteria or credentials, and maybe it's just semantics versus educational program, which is, you know, education is a separate function from certification. Um, before Tony kind of addresses that, I guess my final comment that I would like to say and kind of listening into everybody, and this may lend in that, that uh, maybe Cliff may address it before, you know, he gets the chance to close the show out with you, Joe. What I'd like to see happen over the, the next couple of years is, and I think the Institute's doing this, is, is have a very clear line of delineation between standards and certification activities versus association-related activities, but specifically in the educational area. I can recall over the years as the industry grew and evolved, education primarily came from and through the associations, whether it was the national associations like the ASCR, the predecessor to RAA, or the SCT, SRCT, or any of the regionals who were essentially the shareholders of the Institute. It always came through there, whether, you know, in whatever venue it was provided through the different supply chains and all of that, and it seemed somewhere along the line that just was lost. It would seem to me as the industry grows and evolves and this line of delineation takes place, I'd like to see education go back to the associations 
and and allow them to provide that education nationally, but probably more so regionally to the the regional members, or whether they're a chapter of a national, or whether they're standalone regional associations, have the education be provided in that venue. In my mind, that seems to be what would create livelihood and inject it back into the associations. I remember in closing a few years ago, Clean Facts had a cover story in their magazine, and I believe this wasn't when John was the editor. I believe it was after it was, he sold it, but it had a RIP on the front cover of the association saying rest in peace. And essentially what I think the message of the article was is that the best I can recall it is that once the associations lost their ability for whatever reason to deliver education to its members, it started the beginning of the death, if you would, quote-unquote, of the associations. And, you know, there's some evidence to essentially support that, but, you know, we're moving into a new generation and new times, and, and maybe um, that educational component can bring the associations back to being relevant and meaningful, both on a national and regional state level. So anyway, those are my comments. Good show. I appreciate the, you know, the frank and honest uh, feedback um, by everybody, and um, we'll see you all in, uh, in Las Vegas in a few weeks. Well, thank you, Pete and Tony. Let me give you a chance to respond. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with Pete. It is it's primarily uh, semantics um, because associations do training on things like uh, marketing, business management, and the like. And the institute only does training on technical skills and disciplines. And so it it might be it might be clearer. To refer to it as a certification uh, program, as opposed to what associations do, but um, uh, we we, uh, we Pete and I uh, essentially agree on this. I think it's it's mainly semantics, and um, both sides of training program are. Uh, very important to a businessman in our industry. They need no, they need to know how to run a business. They need to know what the standards and guidelines and technical aspects of the work they do as well. So we need both elements, and that's more or less the divide between the institute and the association educational programs. And Cliff. Do you have any final comments, questions? I want to make sure well, you get I, I think I've got a couple. It's probably, um, I, I guess, a little bit of a comment and a little bit of a question. Um, you know, there's a saying that you can tell the, who the pioneers are because they have arrows in their backs. And, you know, I know that neither Tony nor Brian nor Maury own a trade association. I know that they don't own an event management company. You know, what's in it for you other than doing this for the good of the industry? Nothing. Right. And what are the other, what are the naysayers saying, you know, on social media and you know, what do they say? And and what do you want to say back to them? Well, for me, this is Maury. I, I say, you know, it takes time to make a transition, and but we now have permanent staff that's adding value and new ideas to both of these organizations. So the people who say this can't be successful or we're competing, 
they need to watch, and more important, they need to participate, because if you participate, you have a say in the direction of the way an organization is going. And, Brian, anything you'd like to add on that topic? Well, I'd, I'd like to stay positive, so I don't, don't want to come across as, uh, as you know, focusing on, on negative things, but there's there's been sort of a, a campaign of, of people that come out and, and uh, start rumors that the IACRCA is out to rule the world and they want to crush everybody and and steal their membership and it's just so much baloney. It's there's there there's one association that said we're not going to re-up because you're going to you're stealing our members and I've got emails that I sent to the leadership of that organization about setting up a chapter for all of the people that had come in from a particular area that needed representation, and I was sending all those people to them. Hmm. So they hear a rumor on the internet that we're out to crush them, so they're gonna they're going to uh, they're not going to re up. And I'm going well. The proof is in the members we've sent you. Why would you believe an there's something else going on there, and uh, and and I, I would love to just ignore it, do our business, prove what we're doing, uh, but it, that that makes it a little bit harder for us to do our job. Well, yeah, I think sometimes there's another thing that you know lies uncorrected become the truth. So I think that you do have to respond to it, even though it is draining. All right, and I think did we get everybody's input on that one? Yes, thank you, Jim. All right. Well, hey, I, I want to thank all of you. And David had to leave early, but David Rozier, thanks for joining us. Uh, very busy guy at the moment, trying to iron out all of the transition issues, and um, very, very thankful that he was able to pull away and join us today. Tony, of course, thank you so much for you know all you do at the uh, at the institute, and now with the Council of Associations as well, and uh, for taking time to join us and talk to our listeners and um brian same thing you've been on a couple times now here recently and we really appreciate that and mari the same with you um at least twice here in the last uh three or four months and we really appreciate you guys joining us and answering any of the questions that come up or that we bring up and uh, for also all you do in volunteering for the industry at least you know tony and brian i know mari and david get paid for this but uh tony and brian thanks i know you guys don't really have anything you know you have no interest no no financial interest in in doing the type of work you do and and i for one as one of the registrants and one of the uh management of the smaller regional associations appreciate what you guys are doing and i look forward to working with you in the future so this is uh radio joe hughes saying thanks to this week's guest so much appreciated having you guys join us thanks uh, to my co-host the z-man cliff zlotnick to the industry oh, watchdog go ahead I said always fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good, good one today, Cliff. Always great. And I'll see you in uh, a few. Well, we'll see all of you guys in uh, May out in Las Vegas to the industry global watchdog, the restoration industry global watchdog. Pete, thanks. Always great to have you. Uh, to our growing group of loyal listeners out there, and, of course, to John, you got to have faith. Good job on the controls today. We'll be back next Friday at noon. Next Friday, we've got, uh, let's see, where are we next Friday, John? Next Friday, I'm away. Oh, Cliff. Before you sign up, uh, 
is there any chance, are you guys going to be able to, you know, the Friday uh, during the convention week, I guess it'd be May 9th, you're all going to be out in Vegas. What are the plans you may have for a show on that Friday, May 9th? We are planning on doing it right now, Pete. So live from live from the Rio. Live from the Rio. That's uh, that'd, be, that'd, be nine, that'd be nine o'clock Pacific time, twelve Eastern. Right. That's right. That's and right. That'll be that'll be fun. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for mentioning that. Next week, Cliff, you've got a guest coming in next week. I'll be on the road. Okay. Yeah. Who's who did you have lined up? Uh, Dave Mason. We're going to talk about um, you know cleaning for sensitive people. Very good. So next week at noon, uh, Cliff will be running things. I'll call in if, as much as possible. We'll have Dave Mason. We're going to talk about cleaning for sensitized individuals. He's been doing it for many, many years. Look forward to that. And always uh, look forward to being back here every Friday at noon. Please come back next Friday for the next broadcast of IAQ Radio. Thanks for having us on. Yep. Thank yep. you, Thank gentlemen. You guys. This has been another IAQ Radio production.